OMG helps us understand in the context of sales, what are those underlying conditions that are equivalent to being afraid of getting hit by a pitch? Maybe it's discomfort talking about money. Maybe it's a desire to be liked by people, not being able to handle rejection. How do you determine that when you're interviewing somebody? You can't. And the assessment gives you a breakdown of the eight to 15 different skills you should have to be a good value seller, for instance. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. My name is Molly Nolan. I am back as your host and excited to welcome a new voice to the podcast, Mike Shannon. CEO and founder of TriFit Business Development, a sales training and recruitment firm, and author of Hooked on Hopium, Overcome the Biggest Obstacle to Your Sales Success, Mike lives and breathes the psychology of selling. With 35 plus years of sales experience as his foundation, Mike's passion now resonates in helping companies and individuals maximize their potential. He recently joined Nolan Consulting Group as a sales consultant and trainer, and will be joining us as a guest speaker at our upcoming Grand Summit Conference in San Diego next month. When we were planning his session topics, there was one in particular that resonated with me. It was pretty fascinating, and I thought it warranted a sneak peek as an episode here on Out of the Hourglass. Now, Mike has a particular strength in the area of sales management, and his upcoming session, Managing to the DNA of Your Sales Team, dives into the realm of sales team dynamics and how utilizing particular tools and development approaches can be a game changer for your sales team and the organization as a whole. This is about shaping a team that can do more than just try to sell, they will sell. Mike has so much to share on this subject and more. We look forward to seeing many of our Summit member listeners in San Diego next month. It's not too late to sign up. And now we welcome Mike to the podcast. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode. I am here with Mike Shannon. Mike, you are a new voice to the Out of the Hourglass podcast. Welcome. Thanks, Molly. It's great to be here. I'm excited for the opportunity. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, For those who have not had the chance to meet Mike or work with Mike, um, Mike Shannon is a uh, sales consultant that's been working with some clients here at Nola Consulting Group. He is um, a sales trainer, sales professional, basically loves all things sales, has his his own business um, called TriFit Business Development, um, working in the sales training industry for many, many years. Um, And so he's joining us today for a couple of reasons, which we'll get into. But first, before we do that, Mike, tell the people a little bit about who you are, you know, what you do, and what what really drives you to be so passionate about sales. Probably have to go back to the beginning, Molly. It's kind of a humorous story. Back in uh, 19, well, I won't give the exact year, that is, <laughs> but uh, my, uh, I would return from living in Colorado for a couple of years, and my dad said, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to get a job. And he goes, I think you should go into sales. And I just looked at him with a straight face. I said, Dad, salespeople lie and cheat. That's not me. 
Mm. And he kind of gave me that uh, okay. And uh, sure enough, went off, got an inside sales job a year later, picked up a bag for the first time and uh, made my career in sales for 45 years at this point. If he could see you now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we, had, we ended up working together actually for about a decade before he retired. And nice. uh, that was that was a lot of fun. We, uh, we and my brother and I enabled him to uh, work down his uh, his schedule from five days to four days to three days to two days to a day and a half a week. And uh, we watched him hunt and fish, uh, play softball to fill all that time. So he, he taught it. me how to retire. That's good. I we we know very well here at NCG the retirement process is not easy. The succession planning of your own business, but also your own career in a sense, it's a whole other project to think about. Um, you know, how do you fill all that time that you've spent working, right? Yeah. Um, so I like that he he found hobbies to uh to fill that. All the time. He level loaded, I like to say. There you go, level loaded. Um Mike, when did you begin your your TriFit business development company? That's a, another story. Um, so after 25 years of sales and 15 of those years was 100% commissioned businesses, I uh, walked into a sales training class at the you know, invitation of a friend and I walked out talking to myself. And this was 2006. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, you call yourself a sales professional and you never knew that, what you just learned. How much more don't you know? So I asked if I could come back to another class and then another class. And after three or four classes, I was hooked. And I asked my friend, hey, do you think I could do this business? And he said, okay, what do you want to do? And I said, well, can I teach a class? And he said, absolutely. So the next week I stood up for the first time and taught some sales training concepts and I was absolutely hooked left my uh you know six figure plus job to start over again and uh my wife was like you're crazy you know, <laughs> but you enable me honey so thank you yeah yeah it's and, a partnership uh, yeah exactly uh, she's enabled me her our whole married lives which is 40 mm-hmm. plus years but wow Anyway, so I started in this business and then I worked with that guy for a few years and then I started my company in 2009. And so TriFit does both sales training and recruitment services, right? And and specialized mostly within the insurance industry, but you've also have, you know, really explored other, you know, a variety of, of industries, including now the contracting world. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, sales is generic at every business, you know, in the world is selling something. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was fortunate to find a client in 2008 that asked me if I could teach his underwriters how to take responsibility for their production. And I'm like, well, what's production? He goes, oh, that's the word we use for sales and insurance. I'm like, okay, what's an underwriter? And he said, uh, don't worry about it. I'm going <laughs> to hire you anyway, literally. And so he hired me to train these non-sales professionals to take responsibility for the part of their day that they're responsible for sales. So they're the first line interface with the customers. Mm-hmm. In this case, their customers were insurance agents. 
So the agents deal with the insureds, the end consumers, the business owners, et cetera. But these underwriters were basically determining how much to charge for insurance. It's very much like an estimator figuring out how much to charge for a painting job, for instance. And they also had the sales responsibility. But like most people who don't think of themselves as a salesperson or, or working in a job that is strictly sales, they, you know, I like to say they all think sell is a four letter word. And, you know, it's really not sell that people don't like it's being sold. Mm-hmm. But um, I was able to work with that population for you know, 2008 to, to today. I'm still working with people that, you know, are not full-time salespeople, but have a responsibility in sales. When it comes to the topic of sales in general, I mean, it's clear to me, um, there's many things I don't know about the sales process and all the different, I mean, even just from sitting in on the boot camps that we do and that, that we offer, I mean, it, we just go deeper and deeper kind of each time there's just continuous, you know, layers to the process. Um, but, you know, what are you most passionate about with, within the world of sales? Yeah. At, at this point, uh, my passion lies in helping the next generation, you know, okay. teaching the next generation. I would say in the early years, I was excited for the big sale. And I took a small company with my dad and brother. We were doing like $2 million a year in sales. And we grew to $22 million in sales. And then we merged it with another company. That's when my dad retired. And... Uh, you know, I've sold $20 million manufacturing contracts uh, a couple of times. So, you know, I've, so- I've sold some big deals. But once I began to learn, you know, 2006 and seven, what I didn't know, my passion shifted to wanting to help others understand what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And that there is a a process, a methodology that you can follow for sales. And, you know, in the Nolan group, we we teach that in the sales jumpstart and the boot camps and what have you. Yep. So it's it's there, there's a story behind this passion as well that maybe you'll find entertaining. There's a book that I read that talks about guys and we're wired for you know certain things. And the three key things that most guys want is a battle to fight, uh-huh. an, an adventure to live, and a damsel to rescue. <laughs> and, you know, the name of the book is Wild at Heart by a guy named John Eldridge. So I say, okay, you know, I play ice hockey, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting my battles, and sales is certainly an adventure. Mm-hmm. And my wife would argue about rescuing the damsel part. Just, you know, <laughs> Good for been, her. <laughs> she's been taking care of me all these years. But uh, <laughs> the the reality is that, you know, once you've done that, I think you're in some cases, certainly in mine, your focus shifts. And I talked to a, a psychiatrist buddy of mine. I actually play ice hockey with him. And I said, you know, hey, Dave you know, you know about this book and, you know, the battle fight and all that. And he goes, yeah. And I said, well, what happens when you no longer, you know, you've done all that and, you know, you don't really, that's not motivated anymore. And he said, oh, well, then you want to mentor the next generation. 
Mm. And I'm like, that's what happened to me. My desire for success in sales has waned, but it's been replaced by this desire to be, you know, successful in teaching, helping the next generation. And I mean, I've had just a huge impact on some individuals in that insurance world that like changed careers. Uh, One gal who I trained for only a few months, but she just embraced everything. She increased her income by 50% within the first six months after the program. Oh, wow. And then was recruited by another company where they more than doubled what she had been making the year that I worked with her. And, you know, and she credits me with that. And that's got to feel good. That's got to feel rewarding. It's no longer just the, the sale itself. It's the impact that you're seeing from this, the, the mentoring opportunity. It's changing. It can change lives. It, it, it absolutely is. And it's, it's leaving the world a better place. I mean, my wife, she likes to tease me and say, you know, you feel like it's like you want to you know, save the world one person at a time. And I'm like, and there's a problem with that. Yeah. What's, what's, what's wrong with that? And this world is, you know, it's, you're, you're changing the sales world, which is ultimately changing the world in some way, right? Changing lives. Changing lives. Well, it, it fits so nicely. I mean, with the the relationship, um, you know, you and Nolan Consulting Group, because that's the world that we live in is being able to provide development and training opportunities and mentorship to sales leaders within the organizations that we are fortunate enough to, you know, to coach, to coach to. Um, so now you're currently doing some sales jump starts. You you're running a sales manager peer group currently. You're even a fractional sales manager, right? Yeah, that's actually a new program that we uh, came up with. At least I don't I don't know that uh, you were doing this before. I think there might have been some effort earlier, but um, Andrew Amrine and I came up with this idea. You know, many of our clients are smaller companies and they might have one, two, maybe three salespeople. It's really hard to justify, you know, a six figure sales manager to manage that team, but they need sales management. And it's probably not necessarily the gift of the owner of the company mm-hmm. who's busy doing all the other things that, you know, get them stuck in the hourglass as uh, Nolan and Kevin Nolan would say. Yep. So, you know, how can we help them put some structure into their sales organization, some leadership on a part-time basis. And that's actually the fractional sales manager. So we have our first couple of clients we began working with last month and so far so good. Love it. We're keeping you busy. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, well, that kind of leads me actually in, into, you know, the, the larger topic of, of our conversation today. Um, you know, in in alignment with, um, you know, all the things that you're starting to do with some with some of our clients, we're also having you join us out in San Diego for um, a couple of our sessions within the sales track um, at our at our Grand Summit conference, which um, I'm psyched about. We're we're happy to to have you part of the team and joining us. Um, I know our clients will be as well. Um, but I almost want to tee up one of those sessions that you were going to be speaking to to give folks a little bit of, um, of a taste of this this world in which you speak to. Um, and I'm sure that we will have future, you know, discussions about this on on the the podcast. Um, more so, we're going to go looking. We're going to dive into sales management, um, you know, and the lens in which you look at 
the dynamics of the team, because I can imagine, you know, a sales manager responsible, not only for making sure that the sales are coming in, but there's dynamics to any team that you work with. Um, And managing people is a whole other world. Sales and managing people, basically, they're coming hand in hand in here. Um, So the title of your session at the Grand Summit is Managing to the DNA of Your Sales Team. What does that mean, Mike? Yeah, yeah. So, and the, the irony of this subject is when I ran my own company, I said, if I had to manage a salesperson, I've hired the wrong person. I mean, literally, that was my attitude. And starting to study the profession of sales and sales leadership, you know, over 15 years ago, 17 years ago now, I guess, I realized how beneficial effective sales management can be. And if you think about it, you know, all the professional sports teams, right? Who's the first person to get let go when a company, when a team, excuse me, isn't doing well? It's the manager. It's the the manager, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, who gets most of the credit when the team does really well? Is it okay to mention the Eagles shot at the Super Bowl here? In our, absolutely, in our- absolutely. By the time this podcast airs, we're hoping that the Eagles, um, that the, the, the parade has just happened. <laughs> Done deal, exactly. Yeah. If not, I'm okay with it because the, you know the, the foundation pieces are there. But anyway, yes. Um, so management is critical. In fact, ironically, I went from saying, you know, if I need to manage somebody, I've hired the wrong person to, man, I've got my own company. I wish I had a sales manager keeping an eye on me because, you know, sales, the thing that's unique about sales is how much rejection we deal with on an hourly basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not daily. It's not weekly. Sometimes it's minute by minute, especially if you're trying to prospect. And that's a whole nother subject. So when you talk about DNA, my my analogy is like this is the things that go on in between your right and your left ear. You know, it's the the I call the six inch playing field, you know, inside your head. And we are all um, products of how we were raised and our experiences leading up to this time and our education and environmental factors, all of it. It, it becomes this jumbled mess of who we are as human beings. And when you're interviewing a salesperson or you're even working with a salesperson, trying to figure out what goes on inside their head is something that can take months or even years to really get to know somebody. And so, you know, how can you accelerate that process? And, you know, managing to the DNA, this is the, the mindset, it's the strengths, it's the weaknesses, it's everything that either adds to their ability to be successful in sales or gets in the way of their ability to be successful. So that's what I'm talking about when I say DNA. It makes sense because as we all know, the mind is a wild place. And so that six inch plane in between your left and right ear um, It's a a big world in there. I think it's John Milton who said, uh, like, and I don't have the exact quote, the mind can make a 
a heaven out of hell or a hell out of heaven. Either direction. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that was like 300 years ago. He said that. So we we haven't changed that much. No, no. So I can imagine that, you know, just through your years of experience in this space, there are a variety of tools and methods that you use to help speak to and and work through the the dynamics of a team. Um, What are one or two of those tools that um, was kind of foundational for you in in working with the team in that, in that respect? So one of the first things I learned when I dipped my toe in the sales training world was for 25 years, I said I would raise or lower my, the level of intensity based on the person I was dealing with, you know, the person across the table from me. Mm-hmm. And then I took this assessment called DISC and in a Love few it. hours of training, learned more about adapting to other people's behaviors than I did in 25 years. I mean, yeah. literally it was that profound an understanding for me. And ironically, uh, TriFit Business Development, my little company, we use the exact same format, test uh, format, if you will, called Talent Insights that Mm -hmm. Nolan Consulting Group has used for years. Yes. So, you know, when I discovered that, look, there's a lot of things that fell into place in our relationship, me and Nolan, and Mm -hmm. that's just another one. Not that I needed any more proof, but... Uh, it helps. It, yeah, it absolutely helps. And DISC is an excellent tool. And the motivators driving forces pieces of the Talent Insights report. I like to say that that's social motivators, how somebody's motivated socially, which is important. I, I like the integration where the report blends their behavioral communication style with their motivators. And then they give you, you know, best, you know, how how to manage this person, how to motivate this person, the ideal working environment. Mm-hmm. So as a manager of somebody, you can pretty quickly understand the best way to work with your staff just by looking at those three pages, you know, just reading them will really help you, you know, and if you're not taking advantage of that or you've forgotten about it, you know, go back and reread those for your staff. True. But, there, that's, I, I'll just, I'll, I'll pause right there because that's something that it's such a great point. We do many disc assessments um, for the different um, companies that we work with and different, you know, leaders or, or new hires. Um, we believe pretty strongly in it. any listener who's, who's listened to past episodes here knows that we are fond um, of the DISC process because we have many podcasts around it because it's so, it plays such an integral part in all aspects of of our world here. But you just brought up a good point. We should be going back and revisiting um, taking, we often will, will read it, you know, maybe do a debrief on it, talk about it. Uh, we know maybe, you know, what are our, our driving motivators and, you know, where we fall on the DISC, you know, scale, but go back and read those pages, like maybe once a year or once every six months and remind yourself how it is that you operate with others, what's really driving you kind of almost like a check-in with yourself a little bit. Yeah, and there's there's clearly there's pages in there, you know, things to to consider, opportunities for right. improvement, right? And 
I, I think this should be taught in high school and again in college and then every three to four five years in every business. You should go back and revisit it, show a team chart where everybody's plotted on one chart, and then you can see the dynamics. And maybe somebody you're having, you know, you just can't get along with for some reason. Turns out they're polar opposite disc style, and it has a way more to do with your communication style than personality that you know it's not that they don't like you they just don't like conflict or mm-hmm. you know or they do like conflict and you don't you know whatever the difference is the team disc um, assessment is wild and you you could also see where as an organization are you lacking certain skills um it can help with your hiring process again we we have another episode on this um you know specifically so if that's something that you're interested in please please go back and, and check it so it but it's it's reaffirming for us mike to hear that you know it's a product that we've been really like, like I said, fond of and have been encouraging our clients to take advantage of, but you're coming at it with the same um, kind of passion and that using tools like disc and we'll, we'll, we'll jump to another one here in a moment um, can really help just the overall approach to your role as a sales manager. Yeah. When I, the jump starts that I've done, which is the introductory program for a new sales rep, um, I actually spend an entire hour-long session teaching them DISC awesome. because it's so foundational to building relationships with people. And, you know, if you're a chatty Cathy, high I, and you're dealing with a constrained, compliant thinker, high C, and, you know, you're trying to chat them up and being all warm and friendly, and they're giving you the, you know, the, the stink eye. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's not because they can't like you. They just don't like that many words. Yeah. Right? And so when you're trying to build a relationship with somebody and you're not communicating in the style that they want to be communicated with, that's on you to change and adapt to them and to recognize that as quick as possible. So I just not criticism. I don't think in what I've seen, we do enough with this. Mm-hmm frankly. And so, you know, when I'm doing a jump start, I, like I said, I spend an hour with it just on disc alone. Uh, yeah, there's always, there's, oh, there's always more and there will be more, I think, um, disc kind of involvement and, and coaching to it, um, as time goes on and, you know, depending on upon two, you know, the ways in which, uh, an owner is looking to fully embrace it too. It has to be, there's a mindset to be able to embrace, um, a topic or a concept like disc it's it's because it's about the human psyche at the end of the day and so and being really aware of your people and how they operate so it's we got to get people there to fully um fully understand it yeah for sure uh, so there's another tool i've been hearing about uh, andrew has been throwing it around the office and i've heard it come from you and um you know when i first hear it i was like what does that even stand for? Oh my o- gosh, what are you talking o- about? Oh my gosh, the OMG assessment. So I hear, keep hearing a- Andrew talk about um, OMG and I'm like, what's wrong? Are you good? I'm thinking yeah. he's meaning like, like, oh my gosh, like something happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, so there's there's a tool called OMG that, that he refers to it as like disc on steroids for salespeople. That's Andrew's term. Um, but I know that you, um, this is another tool that you um, have, have been working with um, within, you know, your organization. And it's something that we are going to start um, embracing 
and become a distrib- distributor of in the future. Um, so let's pull this into the conversation. And, and what's the difference between DISC and this OMG? Because there are similarities. Right. So first of all, OMG is short. It's an acronym for Objective Management Group. Okay. And that's what I have to think about now. I have to. I have to. Objective from... Management Group. Yes. You know, it's like if I say NCG, we all know that's Nolan Consulting Group, right? Exactly. I think that the company was named about 1990. Okay. Where texting was not a thing. (laughs) You might have been born then. I'm not 100% sure. I was actually. You got me spot on. But uh, it... I'm pretty sure Dave Curlin, spelled K-U-R-L-A-N, is the founder of OMG. He still runs it to this day. I'm sure he would use a different name because, as we all know, OMG has come to mean something else in text world. Mm -hmm. So we just have a little bit of fun with that. But what OMG is, is a sales-specific assessment and... It's one thing to understand how somebody behaves, which is what uh, DISC might give you, but why they behave the way they do is really what OMG is getting at. And it is the number one sales assessment in the world. It's been voted that, I think, 11 years straight now. I've been using it since 2007 when I first took it. And I will tell you right up front, I quote unquote failed it. I would, <laughs> not have been, I would not have been hired if the guy I was working for had used it uh, because of the numerous you know, weaknesses that I had, you know, still have to mm-hmm. this day, although I can manage them now. And uh it's really a peek into inside the head of a salesperson and a sales manager or even a VP of sales. So this is something that can be taken by any level. It doesn't have to be like someone who is a rookie in the sales position up to someone who's been in the industry for 30 plus years. You would give you would you would give it to anybody. Somebody with zero experience, a college okay. graduate. Okay. What is their DNA to be successful in sales? And OMG loves to say that it's the findings are actionable or it's free. You will absolutely be able to take action with the people that you've evaluated as a result of this assessment. And I would tell you that it's a multi-year development opportunity because there's so much information. It's so wide and so deep that it would literally take years to fully develop somebody once you have all this intimate knowledge. I mean, I'm a case in point, right? I've been working with it since 2007. And I guarantee you there's things I could go back to my original report and say, you know what? I didn't really dig into that. I could really become better at 
you know, selling value or qualifying or consultative selling or, you know, whatever those findings are. There's so much information. There's over 250 findings in every Um, assessment. So is this something that you would um, give to, you know, a new hire, but then also if you were to walk into an existing sales team and say, we need to we need to get a good sense of the dynamics here. So we want to develop this this team to be rock stars. Would you would you do it in both scenarios? Absolutely. In fact, um, we use it as a screening tool for hiring sales oh. related positions. So it's either salespeople or sales managers or even VPs of sales. And the way LMG markets it or sells it, it's actually as a license based on the number of people that you're going to hire. So let's say you want to hire three people in the coming year. You'd buy a license for that number of people and you could screen 2000 people. In fact, legally by EEOC guidelines, you must use that assessment on every possible candidate. Mm. Otherwise, you know, you could be discriminating against somebody, uh, you know, whether it's an age-related thing or Mm -hmm. something. You hire somebody that's demographically different than the people you've interviewed, and you made them take the assessment and the other person you hired didn't, they'd actually have a lawsuit uh, for for not, you know, not being oh, wow. treated fairly or equally. So, but when it comes to hiring, I don't care who you are, how many years you've done it. You know, when I, in, in the decades I've been doing this, I asked, you know, a lot of people, probably a thousand business owners at this point, how many, you know, top producing salespeople have you hired in your career, overachievers, let's call them. And the average number I would hear is 10 to 15%. So the success rate of hiring overachievers is very, very low. OMG has evaluated just shy of 2.3 million people in 30 years. Wow either candidates or existing team. And I'll, you know, I'll answer that question in a moment. Mm-hmm. So they have a just huge database of information about salespeople. And you know, they would tell you that the top 6%, I think is, you know, are really overachievers, you know, top performers. There's another 15, maybe 20% that are, you know, above average performers so that it's that 70 plus percent of the people are average and below or below average. So how do you figure out who these people are when you're hiring? Are you just interviewing and trusting your gut? And everybody will tell you the best sale a salesperson ever makes is the interview. Yeah. Sold you on them. But then you know, you're, you're, you're having a prospecting day or whatever, and, you know, you see them making three calls an hour, whereas true sales professionals making 23 calls an hour or even more. 
And, you know, you just hear all the excuses of why they're not doing it. And I could rattle off a bunch of them, but mm-hmm. point is our, our gut is not nearly as accurate in figuring out who will sell. And, and that's a big differentiator between like a typical personality assessment. So there's Caliper, Chally, and Omnia and predictive index. And there, there's, hundreds of them out there, they maybe can answer the question, can somebody sell? But they absolutely don't answer the question, will they sell? Interesting. And Objective Management Group's tool is has been proven, validated multiple times to be an accurate predictor of will somebody sell? And at the end of the day, you need someone who will sell in both good and bad times, right? 100%. And so, you know, we've talked about hiring. Uh, I think the even bigger impact is when you use it with an existing team. And so that's what we're talking about at Nolan Consulting Group, Mm -hmm. starting to introduce that and offer it, you know, maybe to some of the more experienced reps. And that's why I'm so excited about it, Molly, because that, I mean, we do a great job at teaching sales fundamentals, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. Did you play any baseball, softball in your days? No, I did not. (laughs) Never heard of the expression being afraid of getting hit by a pitch. Um, yeah. And I, I probably am afraid of being hit by a pitch, (laughs) literally. (laughs) So Imagine this, I'm your baseball coach uh-huh. and I teach you the mechanics of a baseball swing and I make sure you take a hundred swings a day in a batting cage and, you know, there it's a controlled situation. So the ball's always coming across the plate. And then I put you in a game and find out that you're afraid of getting hit by that 80 or 90 mile an hour fastball. So how effective are you going to be at the plate? not as effective. If you're bailing out, I guarantee you, you're never going to hit a ball. Yeah. OMG helps us understand in the context of sales, what are those underlying conditions that are equivalent to being afraid of getting hit by a pitch? Maybe it's discomfort talking about money. Maybe it's a desire to be liked by people. Maybe it's how you buy things in your personal life. If you're a value shopper, price shopper, take a long Mm -hmm. time to make decisions. When you're asking a client to make a decision, you know, they're on the spot and they say, well, we need to get three bids and that's how you buy stuff. You say, okay, when can I follow up? Somebody that doesn't do that says, gee, you know, I think what you're really telling me is I'm just not going to be a good fit for you or our company's not a good solution. Can we just have that conversation? And maybe, you know, maybe we just part ways as friends here today. Mm-hmm. So those underlying conditions, there's actually six, what I'll call weaknesses, you know, not being able to handle rejection. How do you determine that when you're interviewing somebody? You can't. Mm-mm. But this science, and I'll call it science, is proven to be very accurate in determining those um, those weaknesses. We call them sales DNA, 
but I actually started calling it sales DNA. OMG was using the term weaknesses until it became unpolitically correct, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there's really three main categories of findings. Strengths related to sales, which is desire, success, motivation for success in sales. The weaknesses I mentioned, there's six of those. And then there's competencies or skills like you know, closing and hunting and building relationships and qualifying, pro, you know, uh, uh, value, selling value, consultative sales. I think there's 10 or 12 different skill sets. And the assessment gives you a breakdown of the eight to 15 different skills you should have to be a good value seller, for instance. So green or check mark means you got it. X means there's another opportunity for growth. So we use this assessment with existing teams, evaluate the manager, give the owners a return on their investment from investing in the training based on the numbers of the production numbers of the salesperson from, you know, let's say last year. So we have, uh, so far we've had one Nolan consulting group client and coach do that with his team and i think it really answered a lot of questions for them about things they've observed yeah same thing with this we say there are observable traits the omg tells you observable strengths and weaknesses and skills when it comes to sales does the assessment come with so like you're identifying um the check it, it checks off the things that they have you know, X's where they can develop. Is there something that kind of wraps up that um, like a sales manager can um, almost like a team, a team OMG, like to see how do the dynamics of the strengths and weaknesses and skills from your team as a collaborative group, how does your team stand? That's called a sales effectiveness improvement analysis. Okay. S-E-I-A. All these acronyms. I know. It's another set of acronyms. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's really only two, OMG and S-E-I-A, okay? Well, I've That's... been working on another series uh, on the operation side, um, talking oh, yeah. about the, the lean concept and within uh, with, with our coach, Jim Bradley. And within lean, there's a lot of acronyms that describe different tools. Um, so here I am, just a podcast host over here, learning acronyms on the daily. <laughs> Yeah, alphabet soup, right? Yes, yes. So the SEIA takes an existing team's individual evaluations, brings it all together, like I said, and and um, one of the first findings is an actual return on investment for evaluating the whole team. Uh, what we do is is we look at the person's production what we think is their growth potential, things that are going to get in the way of them growing, mm -hmm. and then come up with an estimated number of the additional dollars we think they can sell and also how long it's going to take to develop them. Of course, the output of that or the results of that is a function of the training, right. a function of the management, a function of the processes they have in place, you know, the metrics that they're following, et cetera. So it's a, it's a big picture, but for a business owner with a decent sized team, you know, four or five or more reps, you can really 
see a path, a way forward to improving the effectiveness of the whole group. Yeah, it's like it's a it's a tan almost like a tangible game changer. Like uh, if you've been frustrated or or not not even frustrated, just you know not sure how the team is working together. Are we doing? Are we are we reaching? You know our our capacity. You know are we leaving stuff on the table? I mean, this is is really like an effective way to change your business. If you change if you're changing sales, you're going to be changing your business at the end of the day. 100%. I mean, I think that I always say sales is the tip of the spear. And Mm -hmm. nobody has a job if the sales department isn't executing. Yep. And today, you know, what's happening topically right now is, you know, all of our clients, for the most part, kind of had shooting fish in a barrel during COVID, right? The pandemic. Totally. People weren't going on a vacation. They're spending money on their homes because they're home a lot more. And all of a sudden that, you know, the spigot turned off or slowed down to a drip where it was just, you know, pouring out before that. So what do we have to do? Now we've got to get out and begin to prospect for the first time, perhaps in two years. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've got uh, one of my clients, new sales guy who, you know, just came into the business in the last three months. He's making 100 to 150 calls a week, setting up appointments every day, and wow. is building a book of business as a result of that. And, you know, in that case, he's just going back to their old client list and calling people and saying, hey, it's been seven years since we did any work. You know, your house was that uh, that gold color that was so much in, in vogue seven years ago, but now it's like this gray thing. Don't you really want to like comfortable gray or whatever, the, whatever the name is for the, don't you want to dress up your house again? You know? Or, yeah. Or, the, the new color of the year is this. And don't you want to be uh, relevant? <laughs> yeah. Or we painted the interior and how's the exterior look? Yeah. Like? Remember it looked a little like it needed a little work then. What's it looking like six years later, you know? So, but that, you know, which of your guys or gals can actually do that, can actually prospect and what's getting in the way of them doing it? And, you know, can you coach them through this? That? Is, this is a whole actually other topic that I'm hoping to to snag you for in a future episode. Because I, I know not only is it a, a, a space that, you love to to talk about and train in, um, but it's also a really relevant need right now, um, and will be for p- quite some time. I we always come back to it. There are you know prospecting and business development skills. There are a year or two will go by where you know we don't really have to talk about it because things are good, but we always circle back. We always come back to brushing up on our business development skills and our prospecting. Um, so we're going to, we're going to make some time for that in the future. Cause it's, it's a, it's a need this year. I look forward to uh, participating in that. You yes. know, uh, Ecclesiastes Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. Now that was uh, 2,500 years ago or something that he wrote that. So truly nothing really changes. Mm-hmm. We just, it's a, just a cyclical pattern. Yeah. Um, well, Mike, to me, it sounds like the world of sales management as we know it um, is going to continue just to really expand and develop and grow as we, you know, 
delve into the OMG tool, um, you know, working with folks like you and, um, you know, we work with um, Mark Repkin from Painters USA. We've done some sales management um, training with him. Um, We're excited to continue this opportunity to to work with you and to have you come to San Diego, like I said, you will be going into this particular topic um, with even more detail um, at that at that session. So for any of our, our NCG listeners out there who are clients and are coming to San Diego, be sure to check out Mike's session. Um, Mike, anything you want to leave us with in these last kind of couple moments? And just, uh, you know, on the prospecting thing, because it's such a a popular subject right now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I when I got into the sales training world, I'm like, how do you know how much prospecting you really need to do? And, you know, how do you you track it and hold yourself accountable to it? And and, you know, is there a way to do that? And that's actually some of the questions that we'll be answering, you know, in these upcoming podcasts. So. I look forward to uh, participating in those with you. Thanks for the opportunity to chat. Absolutely. And Mike, until next time, thanks so much. Adios. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.